Coming up next, it's live from my office. If you're purchasing a new home, refinancing the one you're in, or securing a VA loan or reverse mortgage, do what I have done many times. I call Team Hochberg when it involves money in my house. Team Hochberg is your trusted local lender. Let me tell you about Liam. Liam is a trucker. He called for a free consultation because he was getting charged high closing costs by those rocket-loving lenders. Team Hochberg's loan officer, Johnny Hendrickson, explained the cost that Rocket Loving Lending charged him the last time he refinanced were ridiculous. Johnny then helped Liam lower his rate, pay off his debt, secure a full closing cost credit. Try to trace. You try to say that fast. And that lowered his payment almost $300 a month. So let's review. Rocket Loving Lending took Liam for a rocket ride, and not a good one, by charging him ridiculously high closing costs. Meanwhile, Team Hochberg, who doesn't own a rocket, helped secure Liam a lower rate. A full closing cost credit saved him over $3,500 a year. Well, that's good money. Listen, you live from my office listeners, Team Hochberg can help you avoid getting violated by lenders charging ridiculously high closing costs, but they can't do it if you don't call 855-56-DAVID or go to 56david.com, 855-563-2843 or 56david.com. And in these crazy interest rate times, it's more important than ever to call an expert, the expert, the only one I trust, David Ockberg and T. Ockberg at Lower.com, an equal housing lender, NMLS number 1124061. Christine Todd Whitman, former governor of New Jersey, joins us now and I'm co-founder here. of the brand new Forward Party, Andrew Yang, former presidential uh, candidate, former candidate for mayor of New York. Governor, welcome. Thanks for being on. I haven't talked to you in a while, and I'm excited about this. I'm thrilled you're doing this. Well, thank you, and I'm delighted to be with you again and to get so, the message out. Yeah, it's really important because, uh, say it with me, kids, the far right and the far left, they're not the uh, solution. They're the problem. So exactly. in my lifetime, I have never seen more dissatisfaction with the status quo. But we know well, both, point. both yep. parties exist to make sure that they exist. And they're saying the quiet stuff out loud now about keeping their jobs and not doing the people's work. This is something that has to happen. Well, we certainly believe so. And the time is ripe when you've got about 50 percent of registered voters are registered as independents. That's saying they don't want to have anything to do with either party. And you have about 60 percent of the American people saying they want a third alternative. So what we're saying is, look, what we want is people who will work in the center, Republican, Democrat, independent. It doesn't matter as long as they agree to move forward to to tackle the issues of major importance to the public, starting with the economy. We're working on issues that will make it that make it right now more difficult uh, for people to be able to vote. We would think that things like ranked choice voting are important right. changes to see so that the candidates have to speak to everybody. Uh, the problem we have now is, as you well know, with, particularly for Congress, all they have to worry about in their districts is the right or the left because the districts have been designed for them. And so it's, it's the parties have gone to extremes. They're continuing this pattern. And we're telling people, look, there can and we're going to provide a third way come 2024. And Andrea, you know this, the the candidates pick the voters now. The Mm -hmm. voters don't pick the candidates. And the Illinois map is a prime example of that. But it goes on uh, conversely in Texas with the Republican map and North Carolina and all over the country. 
Um, and it, it's a process that's been taken away from the people. But say hi to the governor. Governor, you and David Jolly and Andrew Yang penned an op-ed in the Washington Post last week called right. Most Third Parties Have Failed. Here's why ours won't. Why won't it? It won't because, A, the time is right. B, we have the kind of people involved with it. Our advisory board are people who've, who've been there and done this and understand what it takes we're in it for the long haul. We know what's going to have to happen. And we understand what the, well, we're going to understand even better after we do a listening tour this fall, going around the country, listening to people saying, what are your issues? How do you want to approach them? What do you think should happen? Then next fall, we're going to have a convention and draw up a specific platform on the issues and offer that to the candidates. And they can they can run as Republicans, they can run as Democrats or independents, but also as members of the forward party. But our intention is to be on the ballot in every state by 2024. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because, as I said, the parties exist to make sure that they exist and, and to keep things like third party uh, insurgencies, if you will, from cropping up. How do you make sure you're on every ballot? Well, it takes work. Uh, we did this. I was part of a group that did this in Gosh, it was must have been oh, about seven or eight cycles ago, and we were on the ballot in every state, and we didn't have a candidate or anything, but we we got there. Now, the, every state, as you point out, the parties want to keep it to themselves, the two major parties. They don't like the idea of a third one, so some of those laws have changed, but we're working on all of them. We understand what it takes, and as people, when the people want to see change, what we're saying is join us, show that there's momentum. You know, we can even get the parties to start to move back toward the center if they get scared enough of what we can do. Right. Um, you know, they if they start to see, yes, the people really are engaged in this and we can get on the ballot. It's going to take work and it's going to take money, but we're in a pretty good place right now to handle both those things. And we're going to continue to, to go at it. Talking to former New Jersey Governor Christine Todd Whitman. Andrea. Governor, you said a, a key word there, center. I have heard, and Steve and I have had conversations with this on the air, off the air. I've, I've heard so many people within the past five years say, well, I'm fiscally right and socially left, so I am in the middle. Is that what the platform is going to really be about? Or is everyone just going to have different opinions on certain things? Or is it going to be, you know, like I just said, in the center, fiscally right, socially left? That's where it'll probably be, but we'll see. Um, and, you know, people are going to differ on individual issues. They may decide that they they want to be with the forward party on most of the issues. They're not going to agree on all of them. We can't expect everybody to agree on everything. That just isn't practical. But what we're saying is, look, we're going to support candidates who will pledge to work together across the aisle to get things done, that that is what they're about. That is what they they want that's their reason for running for office you know i would love to see things like term limits in particularly for the legislative branch they seem seem to think it's great that the executive branch always has to have a term limit but not them for some Mm -hmm. reason you know there there are things that we can control as americans Uh, democracy doesn't ask much of us but it does ask us to be informed and to be involved. And the real problem we have now is the lack of voter participation. I mean, the last presidential cycle saw the biggest voter participation that we've seen in several cycles. And we should be proud of the 2020 election. I mean, in the midst of a pandemic with an administration that had been saying for years ahead of it that it would be stolen if they didn't win, we still had more people turn out and it was safe, secure and accurate. So one of the things we're doing is going after right now the three individual organizations 
that have joined together are supporting candidates who are pushing back against the big lie, who are saying, no, our process is good. It's the best in the world. It was safe and secure and accurate in 2020. And that's the way it'll be in the future. We don't need all these laws that are suddenly making it more difficult for people to vote. I mean, if you look at what happened in Georgia, they just passed a law removing the drop boxes from the most used drop boxes in the last election. And it wasn't that they just did away with drop boxes and they'll tell you, well, we still have more than New York or something like that. But where they took them away was very strategic. Right. They took them away that were the most heavily used by people who couldn't get to the polls. And the idea is controlling the number and controlling who votes. It's another form of right. gerrymandering. It's just more physical. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So here's the here's the thing that I see, you know, in op-eds that have popped up. The, you know, the naysayers are everywhere. Ah, it'll never oh, sure. work. It's never going to work. There's not enough money involved. Takes too much money. You can say it'll never work all day long, but in my lifetime, uh, and and I'm 61 years old, I've never seen more pissed off people in this country about the political process and the inability to get anything done. So, as I've said a million times, you can believe with all your heart as a Republican or a Democrat that you're right. But there's at least half the country who is not going to agree with you. That's what this country mm-hmm. was founded on, built on, and made on. You're not going to be able to hold your breath and stomp your feet and win every fight, and it shouldn't be about that. A third party to me, Governor, is about what does America want, not what Republicans and Democrats want. What does America want? Exactly. And that's what we're going to reflect. What does America want? And, you know, you can say, oh, it'll never work. They've never worked. They're spoilers. Well, first of all, in the spoiler argument, what's to spoil? Most of the people who don't go to the polls in general elections, they're not happy anyway. There's not much that we're going to spoil. But even if we, as I mentioned before, start to move the parties back to the center, we're making a difference because the majority of the people are there in the center. And just because it hasn't worked before, actually it did. The Republican Party started as a third party. Right. Right. So this is the time. This is, as as you said, there are more ticked off people right now at the way the process is working and their inability to get heard as the centrists than there ever have been. And we're going to be there in the center saying, no, we are hearing you. We are responding to you. And here are the candidates you should be supporting if you want to have a difference, if you want to make a difference. If not now, when? Um, Listen, if you're inclined to make a political donation, I'd encourage you to donate uh, to this party to help build this party and give it the strength to be built. Um, We look forward to having Andrew Yang on and David Jolly as well and others you'll be announcing soon uh, to build this into much more than a groundswell into something that's really going to shake this process up and and invigorate the 60% in the middle who feel apathetic because they feel like it can't be fixed but are aggravated and want it to be fixed. And uh, it's a big job to take on, but I think you're a great person to be involved in it, and I'm glad you are. No, thank you. And uh, I'm looking forward to the fight. Um, Where do we send people for information? FWD forward. FWD forward. Dot com, I assume? Yeah. No, dot org. Sorry. Uh, Dot org. FWD forward dot org. Get your information there and we'll have. No, I'm sorry. It's FWD together. FWD together dot org. Well, you're not going to be on the IT team for this for this party. No, I know. I know. I'm terrible. I'm not. A, believe me, Dave. I'm just. FWD together dot org. Go there. Get your information. And Governor, please come back and update us. I will. Thank you. Right, thank Thanks, you Governor. You got to have it, Andre. You got to have it. 
Well, yeah, and it's, you know what? It's another choice. It's yeah, another and option. It's a, and it's a choice that's bound by their charter, as they describe it, to consider both viewpoints, yeah. not just a Democrat or Republican mm-hmm. viewpoint. I, I don't understand. You know, I hear these arguments all the time. Yeah, you know what independents are? Oh, you can't pick a team. It isn't about picking teams. You don't want a team. I'm on Team America. Yeah. Yeah. I think I pulled a muscle. Are you okay? Uh, How good at Cantini Golf Course? Really, really, really good. 27 fabulous holes with every type of shot you could possibly want or imagine. One of the cool things about having so many sets of tees on what can be a difficult golf course is everybody can play it. It was really well thought out from the beginning. And uh, over the years, the uh, folks at Cantini and at the McCormick Foundation, and obviously at Kemper Sports, have done a great job in making sure the course is playable for everybody. I hope you've played it. I hope you want to come back. I know you do if you've played it once. If you played it more than once and you're a regular, well, keep booking those tee times, man. Summer's a-wasting. If you've never played Cantini golf, and I know the argument that there's so much good golf in Chicago, it's hard to get to it all. This has to be on your must-play Chicago list. Customer service first. That's what they do at Cantini. You can go to the golf shop. You can uh, and see what I'm talking about when people actually smile when they greet you. And get yourself a tee time set up and get out and play at cantinigolf.com. You can set your tee time up right there. Obviously, any questions you need answered, including incredible lessons academy and great teaching facility, or maybe next year's junior program, 630-260-8197. They've got it all. And if you're fired up about golf after watching a British Open, why wouldn't you be? Cantini Golf. Cantinigolf.com, 630-260-8197. And Steve Cochran, show number 32, continues. Andre Darlis is here, Nick Gales here. Gordon Chang is the uh, the go-to expert. There's nobody better than Gordon Chang in reporting on the Asian Peninsula and understanding the region. And we need to understand the basics of why this story of Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan is such a gigantic deal. Gordon, I haven't talked to you in a while. It's always a pleasure when I do. Thanks for coming on. Oh, well, thank you so much, Steve. So uh, let's start with those basics. China claims that Taiwan is theirs, that us even going there uh, is a provocation of the highest order. The headlines are blaring. The threats are massive. How worried should we be? I think we should be extremely concerned. Um, Even before this became such a big brouhaha, I actually thought that the uh, rhetoric from China was more ominous than it had been in the past. And then when President Biden last Wednesday said to reporters that the military didn't think it was a good idea, that opened the door for China to ramp up its threats, which it in fact did. Uh, Xi Jinping, the Chinese ruler, um, needs a crisis because he's got a foreign crisis because he's got so many domestic problems right now. And also, um, Steve, the thing that we often forget is that there are Chinese troops now deep into Indian-controlled territory. On Friday, four Chinese warships sailed through Japanese territorial waters in the East China Sea. There is just so many uh, Chinese military provocations at this moment. Gordon, the the expected visit, of course, it creates greater instability between the United States and China. I guess the basic question is, why? Why is she doing this and why now? Well, 
uh, the speaker has always been a firm supporter of freedom and democracy, especially with regard to China. Um, she went to Tiananmen Square in 1991 and unfurled a banner on this. Um, she has consistently talked about it. Um, so, you know, especially as some people think that this, these are her last days as speaker, and, and that's up to the American people. But um, if that's indeed true, it would make sense that she would want to do this at this particular moment. The selfishness, though, of the legacy play is one of the great problems in politics, and it's been the same over the course of history, if, in fact, that's a reason to do it. And the other thing that I think is kind of an education to people is the speaker um, being in charge of uh, one of the co-equal branches of government can travel anywhere she wants, even if the president doesn't want her to. But all of these things have to be thought of, not in terms of what's happening today, but what happens after today. So the speaker is a smart woman. She can't take this lightly. She has to know the fire she's starting. What's the calculated risk here? What do we know that we think China will do to react that's worth this? Well, I think that it's it's important uh, that she go. And the reason is not only because China has made such a big deal of it. And so, therefore, if she didn't go, she would be legitimizing the worst elements in the Chinese political system. But also, um, the Biden administration has really failed to do what is necessary to protect Taiwan at this moment. And so what we have is a member of uh, our government uh, deciding to actually do some compensation for this. This is extremely dangerous, but uh, five decades of bad China policy on our part have put us in a position where everything is exceedingly risky. And what we have done... um, This is misguided, um, and this is unintentional, but what we have really done is we have um, made the Chinese think that they can push us around. And um, there are a lot of presidents, um, not only the current one, who are responsible for this. Um, I think all of them, going back to George H.W. Bush, deserve some blame for creating this situation. And making China even bigger than they are. Um, Talking with Gordon Chang, Andrea. Gordon, so basically it's like, don't let China dictate U.S. policies. Basically, just stand up to China. Yes, um, and that's unfortunately where our policies have now led us. Um, It shouldn't be this way. Um, If we had more robust policies in the past, we would not be in this position. But we have to assume that there will be conflict with China, because right now China wants um, to kill. And you can see this from their actions. Uh, You can see this from what they tell us. And we Americans are ignoring this um, at our peril. There's the notion of saving face and taking action you have to take for political reasons. How far would China be willing to go to put their foot down after Pelosi lands in Taiwan? Um, I think that they'd be be willing to go much further than we think they will. And there's also the possibility of accident, that they will do something which will trigger uh, unintentional consequences. Um, They've been doing this, for instance, um, and just a good example is May 26, when they almost brought down an Australian reconnaissance plane in international airspace. So they can do something which they don't think will start war, but which in fact does. And that's what makes all of this very dangerous. Um, I understand your well-stated reasons that Pelosi has to go now, but the, the, the risks that go with this seem like they didn't need to be started in the first place. Did this get out of hand even for her planning? This got out of hand, um, and part of it is because somebody leaked this trip. Uh, if this were an unannounced trip, 
the Chinese probably would have let it go with some minor kerfuffling um, because there have been, for instance, an important Japanese delegation uh, just a few days ago in Taiwan, and there was no mention of it at all from Beijing. Someone leaked this trip, and most people think it was somebody in the Biden administration who didn't want her to go. That then opened the door for China to start intimidating, and that's how this cycle started. So um, I think at some point we need to know who talked to the Financial Times about this trip, because that is where I think you can say um, this uh, went off the rails. Militarily, we are prepared in ways we wouldn't normally be prepared. Um, We have to hope for the best case scenario here. Is the best case scenario here just to get through this in a stand down where we both puff our chests out to show how strong we are? Does China take some sort of economic actions against us with the assets they hold? They got to do something, right? They've got to do something, um, but they know ultimately that they need us far more than we need them. Right. But, you know, I, I understand that both sides are puffing chest, but one democracy should have the right to talk to another democracy without having a totalitarian state um, start a war. And that's really what we're talking about that's here. Um, so it is, you know, it, it is unfortunate where we are, but we are where we are. Uh, This is why you're the best, Gordon Chang, and uh, I don't say that lightly. So uh, well done by you as always. And when people want to follow what you do, what you say, what you write, where do they go? Um, At Twitter, at Gordon G. Chang. Thank you for doing this. We'll uh, we'll be nagging you again soon. I I appreciate so much the opportunity, Steve and Andrea. So thank you. Thank Thank you, you. Gordon. Um, he's just the best. Oh, he's great. He's, he's great. And, and and again, President Biden is kind of right in the middle of this. You can't not defend your speaker. But the, again, you don't want to ruin what's already a contentious relationship with China. And they are going to do something. You're right. And this is why the legacy thing should piss you off as a voter. If Nancy Pelosi is sitting around thinking um, we're going to lose the House and I'm not going to be speaker anymore because I'm 80 years old or 81 or whatever she is. So therefore, I firmly believe in Taiwan. I believe in the right of this issue and that the Taiwanese people are good people and need to be defended. She's not wrong about any of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I could give a you-know-what about whether or not this is something Nancy Pelosi can look back fondly on. Right. She started this fire. Yeah, oh, absolutely. this This story should not have been leaked. It was. But she's the one that started this fire. And as this gets out of hand... That is on her. Um, I, I don't know. It's just it's just a colossal bit of stupid, which doesn't need to happen at this point. Because you know what, Andre? We got enough problems. We got so much going on. Thank you for listening to Live from My Office, a service of Monkey Run Productions. All rights reserved. The podcast is hosted by Steve Cochran, and it's mixed, edited, and produced by me, Ross Cochran. Steve is available for corporate speaking gigs. He would love to emcee your event. And occasionally, he's funny. Thank you for listening. Head to CochranShow.com for more.